Hey, welcome. Welcome back to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. And I'm excited to be here today. I hope you're excited. I hope you are enjoying this Drive Time Podcast and that you have shared it with your friends. Make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you use. Today, I want to talk about Divine Initiative But I really want to get into it from a simple perspective because I really, truly, and honestly believe that in this season, God is getting ready to do a new thing. Now, you've heard that as a cliche, but I'm speaking of it as a scriptural reference, a prophetic scriptural reference that alludes to the fact that God can move in a new way. And and what do I mean when I say that? You've heard in Ecclesiastics, it's been said that there's nothing new under the sun, but the ways of God are not self-contained under the sun. We know the ways of God come from the heaven realm or the kingdom realm. And so when we understand it from that perspective, God can do a new thing, something that is not under the sun already, but a new thing in any of our lives at any point in time. So we have to have expectation when we hear that God is going to do a new thing. But when God does a new thing, he doesn't like to put new wine in an old sack. He doesn't like to put a new thing or a new destiny in connection with an old person. Even with Abraham, he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Sarah's name from Sarai to Sarah because he was getting ready to do something new in them. With Paul, he changed his name from Saul to Paul. Not only is there a name change or a new nomenclature, but there's also the idea or the concept that new must meet new. And so that we must become new creatures. Old things have to pass away and behold, all things become new. And so there comes this understanding that God wants to do something in our lives that is new, but we as recipients of this newness of life must also be new. We have to get a new mindset, a new way of thinking. Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in us. We understand when he says mind, he's not referring to the mind in terms of what we use to think. He's referring to the will. The Greek word for mind is will. And so when we give God our will, it restores us to our original intent or our original purpose. It's a part of grace. It is a part of grace. I said grace has many factors to it, but one of the four primary factors of grace comes under the R in grace, and I use these terms in successive order. The first term that I use is redemption, that we were chosen by God to do what we're doing. The second term I use is rest. Because we all need to learn how to trust God, how to trust his paths, even though his paths are uncertain to us, even though his ways are not like our ways. But as far as the heavens are from the earth, we must learn to trust God, believe God when you can't trace God, trust him, lean not into your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. So we need to learn to rest in God. As we rest in God, we need to also know that God in his grace has restoration. Restoration simply says that God is restoring us 
to our original intent. How does that happen? That happens when we, in this quest for newness, submit ourselves on the platform of God's operating table or his, how would you say it, his spinning wheel, uh, the potter's wheel. We sit on the potter's wheel and we allow God to do whatever is necessary to create a new vessel. And, and this goes with salvation when you understand salvation is not a one day activity, but salvation is a progressive work. So God, from the day that we received Christ in our life and made him both our Lord and our Savior, there is a progressive work of salvation happening in all of our lives. Regeneration is happening. Sanctification is happening. And I don't have time to go into all of these terms today, but these things are happening in a perpetual basis, taking us from one degree of grace to another. The last thing, uh, the last R word is restitution. God wants to restore what the locust and the canker worm have eaten in this season. And I believe that but definitively, we cannot come to God in the same way we were. So we have to cut off our past. We have to cut off friends who have become anchors and weights. Anything, whether it be a person, place, thing, or idea that tethers us to our past must be released in order to embrace our future. Remember, in order to embrace their future, we have to have new expectations because we are new creatures ready to receive new wine to receive a perfected destiny in God. So here's what I want you to understand as we go forward. So I want to talk about divine initiative in a very unique way. Divine initiative is tied to the work of salvation. It's tied to the fact that we are unable to get saved without God doing something. And the Bible says he draws us, that God draws us. And this drawing is part of divine initiative. So let's go to Jeremiah 18, and then I'll talk about it very quickly. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Too often we are in this quick society, this got to get it done, this in a rush, in a hurry, and we need to just slow it down. We need to learn how to work within the context of the operation of God. We need to wait on the Lord, be of good courage, allow God to strengthen our hearts. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Allow God to strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. Wait for him to say something before you move. Anything that is kingdom is motivated or moved because of the word of God. Whenever God's word goes forth in the earth, heaven has equity in whatever God says. When heaven has equity, it means that heaven backs up what God says it's like a, a loan officer signing off and you signing off on the documents. The bank then backs the documents. If it's for a million dollar loan, you have access now to a million dollars. So when God speaks, heaven responds and has equity in everything that God says. So watch this. 
He goes on, he says, arise to Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. So Jeremiah moves when he hears God's word. It's a divine initiative. God speaks, man responds. God speaks, man responds. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, something making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter. Now note the potter is, in metaphoric terms, it's God. God remolding us. We are marred in his hand. He makes us over again. He did it when we first came into the body of Christ and we received Christ. He began to make us over again. And then as we continue to go forth, here's what people don't understand. We need to be made over several times in order to come into the place that God wants us to be. So God invites Jeremiah to be made over again as it seems good to God, as it seems good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Says the Lord, look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. And it goes south. Israel decides they want no parts of this. I'm going to skip a little bit of this and get right to what Israel says. And they said, that is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans and we will, everyone, obey the dictates of his evil heart. We have to be very careful. We have to be very careful. Because many people think they're following God right now. And they're following the only evil dictates of their own heart. That's Jeremiah 18, verse 12. I want us to get to a place where we are so in tune with God. That our hands are so on the pulse of God. Our head is laid so on the chest of God that we literally can hear his heartbeat, feel his pulse, and know what it is that God wants us to do. We need to know what it is that God wants us to do. We get to that place through the intimacy of prayer. When we spend time reading and studying God's word, we come into a place where God begins to teach us his love language and we develop intimacy with God and God will take us to another level of grace. He will bring us into a place. He literally says, there's no good thing will I withhold from them who walk upright with me. But in order for us to walk upright with God, we can no longer want to lead. We can no longer want to follow the dictates of our own heart. And let me tell you why. Before we got saved, and you've heard this, we were all born and we were all born and shaped in iniquity. R.C. Sproul, when he talks about divine initiative, begins with a term that he calls radical corruption. He uses the word radical corruption to describe the state of man prior to Christ. The word radical specifically because it historically comes from the Latin word radix, which means root. The point of radical corruption is that our fallenness has corrupted our entire human operating systems, meaning we are traveling on a trajectory that is void of God, and therefore its end is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. If we continue to walk in sin or radical corruption, we will come to a place that ends in death.
So then radical corruption then carries the concept that sin is something that goes to the very core of our existence. It penetrates to the root of the tree. Radical root. All right. So let me explain that through uh, Ephesians chapter two. Paul says this. And you were, listen to this word, dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. And among them, we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as the rest. So we have to understand this. We will never be the people that God wants us to be moving according to our own will and according to our own ways and according to the course of this world. We have to submit. We have to become submitted, submit, come under the mission of God through Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that empowers us to be able to feel the pulse of God, to have our heads on the breast of God's heartbeat so that we can hear his movement and know what it is that he wants us to do. We can no longer be persuaded by the culture that surrounds us. We have to become, to be Christ-centered is to be anti-cultural. In other words, we don't embrace all of the ways of the current culture that we live in. And we do that because we love God more. At the end of the day, we have to learn to love God with our whole heart, with our whole mind, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And if you want the new thing, because it's coming, that God is bringing in this new season, We've got to be willing to become new creatures in Christ through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, going through whatever adversity we have to go through to release the things of the past in order to embrace the things of the future, to stop looking out of our rearview mirror and looking into the forward progressive future of God and the things that God has intended for us that our eyes haven't seen, our ears haven't heard, neither have entered into the heart of man what God had prepared for those who love him. So let's love God like we've never loved him before. And let's walk in this divine initiative. Allow God to move in your life. Allow God to speak to you and we move. He speaks, we respond. Heaven has equity in what he says. We need to respond as bond servants to what he said. A bond servant is someone who has the potential to do whatever they want to do, but they are submitted to the master simply because they want to. It is their pleasure to serve the master. It is our pleasure as bond servants. That's what Paul referred to himself as bond servants to serve God through the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. So get on the potter's wheel. Do what you have to do. Let God make you over again and enjoy the fruit of this new season. 
You have been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. Be blessed as you go forth to influence the nations. God bless you.